once again, good morning, everyone. A very special good morning to those that are watching with us online. Again, my name is Ross. I am the high school pastor here, and it is an honor and privilege to be speaking to you guys today. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to go. We're going to start in verse 4. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you today, that's okay. We've actually provided one there in the seat back in front of you. You can take that home with you if you want. And even if that's not working for you, uh, we're going to have a really big Bible up here on the screens right next to me in just a second. We're going to be reading out of 1 Peter, out of the uh, message, message version of the Bible. And uh, I understand that the message is just a paraphrase of the Bible. But uh, oftentimes, again, I'm a high school pastor. I get asked this question by my students. What's the best version of the Bible? And I tell them it's the one that you actually read, okay? So um, we're going to be reading from the message version. This is what it says in, in uh, verse 4. It says, Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look and threw it out, but God set it in a place of honor. Present yourselves as building stones. That part right there is really important. Building Stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life, in which you'll serve as holy priests, offering Christ approved lives up to God. The scriptures provide precedent. Look, I'm setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone, a cornerstone in the place of honor. Whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust him, everybody say, trust him. Come on, a little bit louder. We got to wake up today. Say, trust him. You who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, the stone the workman threw out is now the chief foundation stone. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder blocking the way. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey. The Bible's rhyming now, just as predicted. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. I love this last part. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Call this message this morning, Built for More, because we believe that you were built for more. Would you pray with me real quick as we dive into this message today? Lord, I thank you so much for who you are. God, for what you're doing, for what you've already done in our lives. But God, we thank you ahead of time because, uh, Lord, we believe you have even more you want to do here today in our midst. Lord, would you help me to communicate your word effectively and clearly? And Lord, may we leave this place this morning better than we came in. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you were just a little too overconfident? Uh, anybody ever been there before? A uh, little too overconfident, maybe a little bit in over your head. I, I typically do this. I, I get myself in trouble sometimes. Um, a few years back, I remember a friend of mine and I, we, we were going out to eat. In fact, he was interning under me at our church, and um, we were eating at a, chi a Chinese restaurant. In fact, we were just going to be in line, and we were going to take our food to go. And while we were in line, there were two young ladies there in front of us, and one of the ladies, she turned around and she, and she saw me. Obviously, she knew who I was, but unfortunately, I, I didn't know who she was. And so she, she turned around and she says, oh, Pastor Ross, it's so good to see you. I've got to tell you, I just think you're so amazing. Your sermon this past week was so great. And already, I'm loving where this conversation's going. You know, she's feeding my ego. I'm thinking, thank you. You know, I thought it was a really great message, too. And she says, oh, you know my friend, actually, don't you? Her friend 
friend turns around, and as soon as a friend turns around, I realize I know this young lady, right? I, in fact, I'm so confident that I know who this is because I just baptized her and her fiance. And so I see her and I say, oh my goodness, how are you? It's so good to see you. I tell my friend, I'm like, I just baptized her and her fiance. Oh my goodness, I gotta tell you, I'm so proud of you. God's gonna do amazing things for you. The best is yet to come. Get over here, get over here. I hug her, I'm like, where's your man? Is he here in the restaurant? Oh, I love you guys. You guys have a good day, bye-bye. And I think to myself, I am such a great pastor. I'm the best. I remembered her. I remembered her situation. You know, it was so good. You know, we, we, we get our food, me and my friend, we get back in the car. And when we get back in the car, he, he looked at me. He said, Ross, who, uh, who, 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 who did you think that was? I said, that, 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 was, that was so-and-so. He goes, no. No, 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 it was not. I said, hey, listen, you're an intern. Your job is not to backtalk me. I know who. That was, and he said, no. He pulls out his phone and he looks up Facebook and shows me the girl that I thought it was. Wrong girl. I don't know what was worse, the fact that we had a five minute conversation and I called her the wrong name the entire time or the fact that she never even interrupted me, stopped me or corrected me. What an amazing woman of God this was. And if you were watching for some reason, I have to tell you, I am so sorry. Please keep coming back to church. She left the faith. I'm just kidding. She didn't. <laughs> but how many of you know sometimes our, our overconfidence, it, it can lead to disappointment. Our overconfidence sometimes can lead us into trouble. The reason why is because I myself, I'm not trustworthy. There is no one. Do you know no one has lied to me more than me? <laughs> but yet somehow, someway, I keep trusting me. Come on, you know this is true for your life too. How many times has a new year started and you said to yourself, this year it's going to be different? Yeah, right. You go, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start working out, right? I'm going to eat healthy. Two weeks into the new year, you've had, you've had donut bank six days in a row, okay? Come on, we all know <laughs> this is what we do. We, we lie to ourselves. We're not trustworthy. And so then my reaction to my own disappointment is then I get a little bit insecure, right? I become a little bit more fearful in the life that I'm living. And so now I have this complex that I'm always going to be forgetting people's names. And this happened to me the other day. You ever been in a conversation with somebody and you introduce yourself, you're saying, hi, you know, my name is Ross and your name is, okay, that's awesome. And then you're talking to them for maybe 30 seconds, two minutes max, and you already have forgotten their name. Anybody ever been there before? Okay, I'm not the only one. Thank you, thank you. I, I found a trick though. This is what you do, right? I'm gonna help some people out here. If you're ever having that conversation with somebody, usually a lot of times, you know, you're, you're exchanging information with people. You go, hey, you know, real quick, I got your number. Real, can you just spell your name for me real quick, right? Some of you are like, yes, I've done that. Yeah, okay, so you've done this. I, I, I tried this the other day though, be careful, because... Um, I was talking with somebody literally just the other day. I was having a conversation with this guy and, and uh, he introduced himself and I've been talking to him two minutes. I already forgot. I completely blanked on his name. Couldn't remember it. And we were exchanging phone numbers and emails and I, I pulled up my phone and I said, hey man, I got, I got your number. I was thinking, Ross, don't be overconfident here. Okay, don't, don't try. Just, just ask him, just ask. I said, hey man, real quick, can you spell your name for me? He looks at me and goes, it's Sam. 
I'm like, uh, is that with a silent B, like lamb, you know? Like, like, what do you do in that situation? You can't play that one off. I, I find that sometimes my overconfidence, it leads me to disappointment, but yet sometimes when I'm insecure and I'm fearful, man, it leads me to the same trouble. <laughs> and this is the world we live in. Come on, we know we do this. We are a people that go from one thing to another, searching for something to find confidence in, something to trust in, something to maybe a better way to say it is build our life on. What are you building your life on? For, for some of us, maybe it's not you're trusting in yourself, but maybe your confidence comes from that relationship you're in. And there's nothing wrong with finding, finding confidence in your spouse or your significant other or something like that, but what happens when they disappoint you? Or, or, or God forbid, what happens when they leave you? Does your confidence leave as well? For some of us, we get our confidence from a job or a title or a position. We think this is who I am, this is what I do, this is my identity. But then what if, what if one day your boss says, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but we have to lay some people off. What happens to your trust? What happens to your confidence in those situations? For so many people in this world, I believe they think that our confidence will come when we get to a certain place in life. But I'm here to remind some people today that your confidence doesn't come from a place, it comes from a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's the only thing worth putting your trust in. He's the only thing that'll give you confidence. He's a firm foundation, which we read in the scripture. And I think it kind of, I wanted really to present this question to you today. What if trust is the remedy to your trouble? What if just simple trust is the remedy to your trouble? Today I have, I have two points for you, and they're very simple points, not that any of my points are complicated. Um, but uh, hopefully you're taking notes here. You can write this one down. I, I heard somewhere in the Bible, I'm sure, that the more notes you have, the bigger your mansion is in heaven. Number one is this, trust in the purpose of Jesus. Trust in the purpose of Jesus. Uh, the passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, it starts to talk about you and I, and it mentions that we are these building stones. Another translation of the Bible actually says that we are living stones, right? We're these things that God wants to build with. And then it starts to use these phrases to describe us like we are holy people. We have a high calling and we're God's instruments. And I don't know about you, but for me, and I know maybe some of you, this throws you off right off the bat because you're thinking, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm a holy people, I'm God's instruments. I, I, I know me <laughs> and that's not me. I'm unqualified, I'm messed up in so many ways. I don't have it all together. I feel inadequate in so many different ways, whether it's at my job or as a mother or a father or whatever. I'm not all put together, I'm not a holy person. In fact, I know we're talking in this series about being fearless, right? But when it comes to being used by God, whether it's in my workplace or my school or even in my own home, I become pretty fearful. If that's the case, then I would say today that's totally okay because that's exactly who God loves using. So many of us, we've become so familiar with our weakness, we've forgotten where our strength comes from. 
I, I want to ask a question. How many of you in here have, have kids? Have kids? Okay, cool. Yeah, lots of families here. Um, that's awesome because I, I know as a parent, one thing that you do, I, I don't have any kids, I'm not a parent, but um, I know because I see this all the time when I go into Target or Walmart, I see the chaos that happens in the toy aisle, right? There's just constant chaos, right? There's, there's begging and pleading and, and then there's no, 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 we're not going home with that toy. And um, I, I was kind of that kid growing up. I loved toys and things like that, but there was one toy that I never really latched onto. And it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty popular toy. It's, it's this, these things called Legos, okay? How many of you have kids that are obsessed with Legos? Legos have made some, what of a comeback lately. They've made like movies about them and stuff, but I remember Legos when I was a kid, right? And some of you are thinking, Rush, you're still a kid, okay. <laughs> I remember Legos when I was a kid though. I mean, I really wasn't into them all that much and, and, and here's the reason why. I remember the day my, my dad, he, he bought me some Legos, right? And I didn't really know what they were, but he handed me a box very similar to this one here and you know, it says heavy duty rescue helicopter. So it wasn't this, but it was something similar, right? And I remember I looked at the box and I said, Dad, this toy looks amazing. Oh my goodness. I looked at the picture and I said, Dad, you knocked it out of the park. This is the best toy ever. Dad of the year, man. Dad of the year going to you. I can't wait to open this thing. I can't wait to play with it. I can't wait to see what's inside. This is going to be the coolest thing ever, man. It looks so... Hold up. Dad, um... Was the car ride home a little bumpy, huh? Uh, because I'm looking at this, and this doesn't look like this. <laughs> it, it's in a bunch of pieces. The pieces don't look like the picture, Dad. I think this thing is broken. And I'll never forget what my dad said back to me. He, he said, son, it, it may look like it's broken, but it's broken on purpose. Get ready, everybody, because I'm about to start preaching. <laughs> what my dad was trying to get me to understand is something that you and I have to understand today, that when we look at our lives and we feel unqualified, we feel undignified, we feel like we don't have it all together, some things happened in your past that maybe you did, maybe some things that were done to you and it left you feeling broken, God is simply saying, no, 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 it may look like it's broken, but I can tell you right now, it's broken in such a way that I can build with it. This is the God we serve. He works with the broken and the insecure and the messed up and, 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 and the dysfunctional. This is who he is. If you would say today, I, I don't feel like I have my life altogether, I'd say perfect because that's exactly who God loves using. You and I, we, we read all these stories in the Bible about great men and women of God, these, these people who were used by him. These people that he built something with. He built his church with these people. But why don't we take a look at some of the people mentioned in the Bible as our great heroes of the faith, these great apostles, right? <laughs> and let's look at who they were according to our world's standards. Check this out. Noah was a drunk 
Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a player. Rahab was a prostitute. David was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Lord Jesus. Thomas doubted Jesus to his face. Jonah ran from God. John the Baptist ate bugs. Zacchaeus was too short. Thank God. God can feel you short people. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I read this list of Bible heroes, these broken people, man, I start to get a little bit encouraged. I start to get a little bit thankful because how many of you know God can still build with the critics? God can build with the doubters. And if God can build with these broken people, he can build with you and me. He can build with broken things. And this is a good reminder for us today because there's something that I really want you to hear. When the pieces don't match up with the picture, understand he's still building his purpose. When the pieces don't match up with the picture, he still has a purpose. Guys, when it didn't turn out the way that you saw it turning out, He's still got a purpose. When the relationship didn't have the happily ever after like you thought it would, like you saw it in the movies, and now you're left to pick up the pieces, you're left feeling broken, understand he still has a purpose that he's building on the inside of you. When you thought you would be over it by now, that that you saw yourself down the road, your five-year plan looked a lot different than it really is now in reality, Understand he's still building his purpose. I think this is so important for us because so many of us, what we see is not what we thought. God says, no, 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 hear me. I can build with broken things. Trust that I have a purpose. Number one, trust in the purpose of Jesus. And number two, trust in the person of Jesus, trust in the person of Jesus. The Bible in First Peter, it, it, it does describe us, right, as these building stones or living stones. But it also mentions Jesus now. It says that Jesus is the cornerstone. And uh, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I read things in the Bible and I go, I don't exactly know what that means. So I decided to look up some synonyms of the word cornerstone, and uh, these are some synonyms for that, for that word. A, a foundation, which is also mentioned there in 1 Peter. The backbone, the key, the centerpiece, the core, the heart. Hear me today, friends. E- even though you and I are a bunch of broken pieces, we are simply just held together by the person of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in all the Bible is found in John 14. Jesus is talking to his best friends, the disciples, the guys he's been doing life with for three years. And he's telling them, guys, I'm about to leave this earth. In fact, I'm going to die. Their confidence is about to leave them. And when they're about to kind of freak out, when they're worrying, when they're stressing out, this is what Jesus says to them. In John 14, verse one, it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God 
trust also in me. Trust in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, what I have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way where I am going. And then I love Thomas. He brings in the brokenness here. He says, uh, no, we don't, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is telling his best friends, I'm about to leave you. Your confidence is about to leave, but don't let your hearts be troubled. The answer is to trust in me. So I think it's a good question for you and I today. What, what's your trust in? What's your trust in today? I wanna to present to you that if your trust is in yourself, I promise you every single time, you will let yourself down. If your trust is in somebody else, I believe that people can compliment you, but they do not complete you. If your trust is in a job or an opportunity or a title or a position or your wealth or your Instagram account, I can promise you that all those things will fade over time. You and I, we have to have our trust in a cornerstone, a firm foundation. We need a solid rock. We need Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. This is who our trust has to be in. And so this is it. That's it. Like when you're going through hard times, trust. I don't know if you're thinking the way that I think, but so I, I hear messages sometimes and I go, that's it. I, I'm going through stress. I'm going through trouble. I'm anxious about a whole lot of things going on in my life right now. And Ross, you're telling me just trust. How cliche is that? Like, what, what does that even mean? Just trust? And so I, I kind of had the idea to figure out what's the best way to describe what trust really is. And I decided to use just an old pastoral illustration. There's a story about a man named Charles Blondin who was a tightrope walker. And one day he had this idea, he wanted to tightrope walk across the chasm that is Niagara Falls. One end tied in Canada, one end tied in the US, right? And he was going to just tightrope walk across it. And many people from all over came to see Charles do this feat. And he did it, he, you know, he simply just started on one end and he, he walked there and back. And when he got back, people were cheering, they were clapping, they were shouting. They were excited, but to kind of keep the crowds coming, to keep people's attention, he had to change up his routine from time to time. And so he decided one day he was gonna get in a potato sack and kind of just hop across the tightrope. Another time he even built, or he actually made breakfast out in the middle of Niagara Falls. But one day he had this idea to use a wheelbarrow. And we have a, a wheelbarrow right here. This is a pretty nice one, if I do say so myself. It's been a while since I've used one of these. Ross, you've never used one of these, okay. <laughs> but as the story goes, Charles, he, he, he started out with the wheelbarrow and he began to walk across the tightrope. And when he reached the other side, he, he, he turned back around and he, he simply just came back and 
When he got to the other end, I mean, people started losing it. They were so excited. They were going, congratulations, you know, and he was getting them pumped up, being the showman he was. He said, do you believe I can do it again? And they're like pumped up. They're like, we've seen you move. You move the mountains. You know, they're really excited about it. And he's going, come on, do you believe? And they're like, we believe. He said, come on a little bit louder. Do you believe? They said, we believe. He goes, okay, which one of you wants to jump in the wheelbarrow as I go to to the other side and they went we didn't see that one coming (laughs) but I think this is the difference between belief and trust this is the difference between a religion and a relationship with Jesus this is the difference in having faith and putting your faith into action. I think so many of us, God has called you to serve in the church, preferably the youth ministry, shameless plug. He's called you to serve and you just never have jumped in the wheelbarrow and trusted him. Why, because you start thinking about the chasm. I don't know. It's gonna be windy, it's gonna be shaky. But you gotta trust he'll get you to the other side. Some of you, your marriage has been on the rocks for a while now, and you believe that God has called you to fight for your family. But you can't just believe it. You've gotta jump in and trust him. For some of you, I think I think for so long we've just come to church and we've done the church game. Week after week, we say we believe in God, but when it comes to living it out in our workplace, our school, we just get really nervous, we get really fearful because it seems like I'm the only believer, man, and I don't really know how to talk to people about Jesus. I believe maybe he wants me to, but I don't, Sometimes you gotta jump in and just trust him. Sometimes it's not about the knowing, it's about the going. I'm gonna close with just one last story here. When I was in my early 20s, I was able to go, I had an awesome opportunity to go to a church conference. And uh, there was gonna be many amazing speakers there. In fact, one of my heroes in the faith was gonna be speaking at this conference and I was super pumped to be going and we had a connecting flight in Charlotte, North Carolina. And when I got on the plane in Charlotte, I I looked to my left and there on the plane is the guy who I'm going to see. He's one one of the speakers at the conference was right there on my plane. He's in like 1A, I'm in like 73D. You know, I'm a servant for the kingdom, a humble servant. And uh, I remember I, I, I saw him there, I'm like, you know, like kind of freaking out. And I go, I go to the back of the, the airplane and usually I don't really like flying all that much. It gives me a little bit of trouble. It strikes a little bit of fear on the inside of me. Not a big fan of flying, especially going through turbulence. I mean, like I'm the guy who's like trying to play it cool, but I'm white knuckling the armrest as hard as I possibly can. And I remember just having the thought, like kind of like I always do, when I got on the plane, I, I started thinking, wonder, what if this thing went down, you know? 
Then I had the thought, wait a second, this would be really bad for me if this thing went down because the headline would be mega church pastor died in a tragic plane crash, many mourn, what a legacy though. And then like seven pages in, it'd be like, and local youth pastor dies too, legacy skinny jeans, you know. I had the thought, you know, what if this thing went down, you know? But then I had another, another thought real quick. I went, wait a second, this guy, he's got like a congregation of like thousands of people. Like, he's got campuses all over the place. There ain't no way this thing's going down. God's got a plan for this guy's life. I'm telling you, we are not going down. And for some reason, I, I didn't feel so nervous anymore. I didn't get so fearful. What's amazing to me is the fearlessness, the confidence that can be brought on simply by some man on the plane with me. But friends, I have so much better news for you today. It is not just some man that asks you and I to jump in the wheelbarrow and trust him. It's not just some man that is leading us and guiding us every step of the way. It is the King of Kings. It is the Lord of Lords. And he promises to get you and I to the other side. You just got to trust him. You got to go beyond belief and trust him. You got to go beyond your insecurity and trust him. He's saying, just jump in today. Just jump in. Give it a shot and trust me. I'll get you to the other side. I think, though, when we look at our lives and we feel like we're just a bunch of broken pieces, Remember, God says, I, I have the big picture in mind. All I need you to do is take your brokenness and trust me. You'll be surprised what I can build with broken things. You'll be surprised that you were built for more. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray in just a moment. But before we do, I feel convicted to ask this question. If you're here this morning and you would say, Ross, I, I just feel like really this, is, this has just been a message for me. I've believed in God for a really long time, but I've never trusted him. Some area of, areas of my life where I've been pretty fearful. I want to be fearless. I need to jump in and trust him. If that's you and you're here in this room, again, no one's going to look around at this time. Real quick, guys, just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Just want to ask, if that's you, and you're saying, God, from this day forward, I'm done just believing. I'm done just sitting around and watching life pass me by. I may feel broken, but I'm going to jump in and trust you. Today, if that's you, you say, God, I just want to trust you. Would you slip up your hand right where you are? I want to trust you in my marriage. I want to trust you in my workplace. I want to trust you in my personal life. I want to trust you that you'll get me to the other side. If you keep your hand up real quick as I pray for you. Lord, you see every single hand that is raised. God, and you know our hearts. 
You know us better than we know ourselves. Lord, you're totally aware of our brokenness. But God, we're so thankful that you build with broken things. Lord, would you help us today to not just believe in you, but trust you. Trust that you are who you say you are and you will do what you said you will do. Lord, help us from this day forward to be bold with our faith, to be bold with our trust, to get our confidence from only you. When the picture isn't what we thought it was, help us to understand you have a purpose. And when we've been trusting in so many other things, help us to trust in you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen.